0: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing.
1: Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Tis the Podcast. The podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year every year and thanks again for joining us for another installment of another christmas story this week's chapter chapter 33 will be read to you by everybody's favorite elf the one with the best voice our very own julia i don't have any beginning of that episode housekeeping for y'all this week so i'll just pass it right over to her to read to you chapter 33 of our tale entitled i'll be home for christmas take it away julia
2: Hey everybody, it's Julia from Tis the Podcast. Um, I get to bring you this week's chapter of Anthony's book. Um, I'm super excited about it. Haven't talked to y'all on this little recording in quite some time, so I'm ready to catch up with the story. So here it is, coming at ya. Chapter 33, I'll Be Home for Christmas, December 24th, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have you thought about what you're going to say to your parents yet? Natalie's gentle voice shook Mary from her thoughts and came so suddenly that Ryan flinched at the sudden sound where he sat in the driver's seat of the car. Since the woman had voiced her concerns to Mary and Joey earlier in the ride, the four childhood schoolmates remained silent for the rest of their drive, deep within their own minds. Now, realizing that they were taking the exit off the cross-island parkway that would dump them in the heart of Bayside, Mary allowed a humorless laugh to escape her lips. I just figured I'd let my stomach do the talking, she replied, placing a hand gently atop of it. Are you going to be all right going home alone? Natalie began, concerned. Do you want me to be there with you? Actually, Mary hesitated as she bit down on her lower lip and stared at the back of Joey's headrest directly in front of her. I was going to ask Joey if he minded being there with me. Natalie raised an eyebrow as Joey whipped around to stare at the woman in surprise me. When Mary nodded, he asked, why why me? My parents love you, Mary answered with a shrug before throwing a guilty glance at Natalie. Not that they don't love you, of course. Then turning back to Joey, she continued, but they'll be so happy to finally see you again after all these years. It might be just enough to take away from their shock, anger, and disappointment with me. You're giving me too much credit, Joey pointed out causing Ryan to laugh. Besides, Mary continued in a dignified fashion as she could muster, pretending as though she hadn't been interrupted. I thought we could make a deal. I'll be here for you when you tell your parents about your broken engagement and losing your job. And you can be there for me when I tell my parents about this. She waved her hand up and down her body as though she were Vanna White showing off a new car. Joey threw Ryan a sideways glance, receiving a shrug in response from his friend, before he turned back to face Mary. You're not going to try and blame your pregnancy on me, are you? Of course not, Mary flushed red as both Natalie and Ryan laughed. What kind of person do you think I am? I just wanted to make sure, he answered defensively before turning to face front again. Staring out of the front windshield at the snow, Joey mulled over the proposition in his mind for a moment before giving a curt nod. Fine. It's a deal. As Mary let out a long sigh of relief, which resembled something close to a whistle, he teased, spending all day in the city with me wasn't enough, huh? Wanted to prolong our time together. Well, I didn't need to twist your arm, Mary teased. I guess you must like spending time with me. Or you just really want a buffer between you, mommy, and daddy when you tell them about everything that's happened with you over the last past months. Uh I already had a buffer, remember? Ryan's dropping into the party tonight, too. Wait, what? Natalie asked, taken aback. I, I go every year, Ryan replied simply, as he caught the woman's eye in the rearview mirror. Okay, well, Natalie laughed. If the three of you are going to Joey's parents' Christmas Eve party, and then the two of you are dropping in Mary's parents' place afterwards, drop me home first. What? Ryan asked, startled. Why? You should come. He glanced wildly at Joey, silently pleading with him. Right? Uh, Your parents wouldn't mind her dropping by, would they? Taking pity on his friend, Joey shook his head. Not at all. Meeting Ryan's eyes in the rearview mirror again, Natalie stared intensely into them before awkwardly looking away. I'd I'd love to, really, but I'm already late for dinner at my parents' place, and... Oh, come on, Nat, Mary interrupted. If Joey gets me and Ryan both to be his buffers tonight, I should get two as well when I talk to mine. The two women stared at one another before Natalie rolled her eyes exasperatedly in concession. Fine, she sighed, but you owe me, she stressed to Mary, who smiled wide at her in return, though not nearly as wide as Ryan, whose own grin was so big that he looked like Batman's arch-nemesis, the Joker. The foursome slowly drove down the residential streets of Bayside, staring out of the windows at all of the Christmas lights adorning the various-sized homes of the town's residents covered in snow, the town looked like a Christmas card, a true winter wonderland, and this was never truer than when Ryan guided his car down the cul-de-sac on which both the families of Joey and Mary lived, finally bringing it to a complete halt and parking in front of the former's house. Joey's childhood home was an enormous white colonial structure, which had a black slanted roof and black shutters on either side of all the windows, in addition to two blood-red double doors. One lone tree stood completely barren on the far left side of the front lawn of the house, in the center of which were wire reindeer decorations that glowed bright due to the clear lights that had been wrapped around them. Lights that matched those wrapped around the tree and the ones strung around the perimeter of every window of the home's facade. In addition to those that hung around the structure's sides and roof, including its three high triangular peaks. The sloping driveway, which was covered in ice, was crowded with the cars of the various relatives that Joey knew to be inside the house at that moment, enjoying his parents' annual party. Indeed, through the front windows of the home, they could see various figures moving in and out of sight, in addition to the beautifully decorated 10-foot tall Christmas tree, twinkling invitingly through the bay window, beside which a replica of the leg lamp from A Christmas Story, Joey's father's favorite holiday film, stood proudly on an end table, its soft glow of electric sex gleaming brightly beside the artificial fur. To the left of Joey's childhood home was Mary's, which was no less grand in its appearance. Instead of white siding, however, her parents' colonial home was made of brick, and its windows, roof, and sides were wrapped in colored lights rather than clear ones like those that adorned Joey's. Her parents' driveway was crowded too, though less so than that of Joey's parents, and as Mary studied the cars situated in it, she realized that all of her brothers and their respective families had already made it home. As childhood memories began rushing back to the forefront of Joey and Mary's minds, Natalie remarked, I forgot how big your house was, Mary. Your house never fails to leave me awestruck, Ryan noted of Joey's, especially around Christmas time at the words mary glanced at the house of joey's parents which had always been the envy of every other home in town are you ready for this she asked noticing from the man's profile just how uncertain he looked glancing over his shoulder joey flashed her a nervous smile ready as i'll ever be mary nodded before the four of them climbed out of ryan's car Natalie dragging the shopping bags from the back seat to prevent her best friend from doing any heavy lifting. They made their way up the snow-covered stone path leading to the entrance of the house, careful not to fall flat on their faces, and came to a stop in front of the double doors, each adorned with a Christmas wreath. Joey stared at them for a moment without knocking, silently gathering all of his inner strength to be able to do so. But it was only after Mary reached down and squeezed his hand tightly in a reassuring manner that he took a deep breath and rang the doorbell. Bells began to chime to the tune of jingle bells all around them as soon as he pushed the button and were unable to stop completely before the front doors of the house swung outward forcefully. Hi, mom. Relinquishing Mary's hand quickly, Joey wrapped his arms around his mother and allowed the woman to hug him tightly. You're late. "'It's good to see you, too,' Joey rolled his eyes. "'What took you so long?' Vanessa Nazario pulled away from her son to hold him at an arm's length in order to better take in his appearance through narrowed eyes. "'You gained weight!' "'Gee, thanks, Mom,' Joey began, his voice dripping with sarcasm. "'You look great, too!' The last part was genuine. His mother, a young 56, did look great for her age. Her short, dark hair had very few grays, and her freckled face barely had any wrinkles.' Joey was even convinced that the woman had lost some weight from the last time he saw her, although it was hard to tell for sure beneath the hideous Christmas sweater that she was wearing unironically. Don't blame me for being late, he continued. Blame Ryan. He jerked his head at his best friend, who stepped forward at the mention of his name. Uh, and don't blame me. Blame the weather, Ryan smiled as he moved to hug the woman. How's it going, Mrs. Zen?' Oh, Ryan, it's so great to see you. Vanessa patted his broad back firmly before gently extricating herself from his grasp. You gained weight, too. I live a good life, Ryan patted his large stomach contentedly. I'm sure I'll gain another pound or two tonight because of all your amazing cooking. Vanessa's face turned stern when the redheaded man tried to peer around her and into the foyer. Don't eat all of my artichokes again this year. That was one time, Ryan let out an exasperated groan. How does everyone still remember this? Before Vanessa could reply, Joey shocked Natalie when he grabbed her hand and pulled her forward forcefully in an obvious attempt to change the conversation. Mom, this is Natalie. We went to high school together. Vanessa blinked in polite surprise. Nice to meet you. You too, Natalie replied with a strained smile after throwing Joey an annoyed look and yanking her hand from his tight grip. Though technically we've already met before. Once, 10 years ago, briefly, She added, almost apologetically, when Vanessa furrowed her eyebrows in confusion. After graduation, I I was with Mary when you and Mrs. Holliday cornered her on the football field to try and make her take a picture with Joey. Oh, right. Yeah, now I remember, Vanessa insisted, though Joey was almost 100% certain she didn't. Then, staring between Natalie and Ryan, she asked, "Uh, Are you two, um, together? Natalie let out a large bark of laughter. Me and Ryan? No, nope, no, (laughs) no, like no, no, absolutely, no, absolutely not. I'm sorry, Vanessa replied quickly as she shivered and folded her arms across her chest in order to rub her arms in an attempt to keep warm. I just thought, don't be. Natalie waved away her apology as Ryan looked at her in disbelief. It's fine, seriously, it's just... She laughed again and she shook her head. It's just, it's just a funny idea, that's all. It's not that funny, Ryan mumbled, clearly offended. Turning to face her son once again, Vanessa politely asked, so how did you two manage to reconnect again after all these years? Um, because of me. Mary spoke up for the first time since the front doors had been thrown open, wearing an uncertain smile on her face as she stepped forward from where she had been shuffling from foot to foot in the shadows, trying to make herself as small as possible so she wouldn't be noticed, and into the light drifting out onto the front steps from the foyer. Vanessa's eyes widened incredulously the moment she noticed the woman for the first time. Mary? Her eyes darted from the young woman's face to her stomach and back again. It's nice to see you, Van, uh, Mrs. Nazario. Mary caught herself mid-sentence, her smile widening. It is so nice to see you too. Vanessa flung her arms tightly around Mary, who let out an oomph of surprise. Mom, be careful. I'm just so happy to see her, that's all, Vanessa insisted, refusing to let go of the girl that she had watched grow up next door. I'm happy to see you too, Mary choked do you mind if we take this reunion inside of the house? It's freezing out here. Oh, right, I'm sorry. Yes, come inside. Vanessa released Mary from her clutches and stood aside to allow the four childhood friends to enter her home and take refuge from the heavily falling snow. Joey stared around the enormous foyer, a surreal sensation flowing through his body and warming him up on the inside at being inside of his childhood home once again. It was brightly lit, and directly opposite the double front doors was an enormous 20-foot Christmas tree, the lights of which were sparkling brightly. To the right of it, a spiral staircase, adorned in lighted garland, led to the upper floor of the house, while to the left, embedded into the wall, was a closed wooden door that led to the den. The wide open room to the left of the foyer was the formal living room, in which the 10-foot Christmas tree and the leg lamp that were visible from outside of the house twinkled in the bay window. And to the right of the foyer was a spacious dining room, where a long wooden table stood atop of which there were warming trays filled with different dishes that Joey knew his parents had spent all day preparing. Mingled around the table, talking and fixing dishes for themselves, were various relatives of Joey's, and even more were visible still through the doorway on the far side of the dining room that peered into the kitchen. Joey moved towards the dining room in order to start greeting members of his extended family, but before he could cross into the space, his mother's concerned voice distracted him. Joey, where's Liliana? Joey turned to face his mother once again, noticing that Mary, Ryan, and Natalie were all eyeing him closely behind her back, curious to see how he'd answer the question. Hesitating for the briefest of moments, he ended up replying, she couldn't make it. What? Why not? Something came up at work, mandatory overtime or something, you know, I don't even know. Joey lied with a shrug. That's a shame, Vanessa frowned. So she's celebrating Christmas all alone? "'I'm sure her family will drop in,' Joey replied nonchalantly as he placed his suitcase in a corner. Then, glancing up at Natalie, who was still carrying all of Mary's shopping, he said, "'You can just put those down under the tree,' he motioned vaguely in the direction of the formal living room, at the tree glistening brightly in the darkness, beneath which piles of gifts were already stacked high. "'Thanks,' she replied, hurrying to comply to unburden her arms.' Vanessa surveyed her son shrewdly with a mix of concern and suspicion etched into her face. Mary could clearly sense that the woman wasn't satisfied with her son's answers. Before she could attempt to change the subject on his behalf, Vanessa asked, Why didn't you let me know earlier that Lily wouldn't be flying in with you? I don't know, Mom. Joey threw up his hands impatiently. I guess I just wanted to break your heart in person. But you know what? I'm starving, Mary interrupted pointedly, causing Vanessa to turn around and look at her, placing her hands on her stomach. She smiled awkwardly. Oh, the baby is, at least. What an adorable accent, Vanessa noted with an embarrassed laugh, as though realizing that Mary had one for the first time. Of course, we should fix you a plate. Yes, food sounds like an excellent idea, Ryan excitedly chimed in as his stomach gave a loud rumble, which caused Natalie to roll her eyes. Ryan couldn't stop talking about your cooking the entire ride home, she informed the woman. Vanessa wasn't paying attention to either of them, however, still focused as she was on Mary. I had no idea you were pregnant. Your mother never told me. Yeah, well... Mary flushed red. I asked her to keep it a secret. She finished lamely as Vanessa moved forward to place her hands on her stomach just in time to feel the baby kick. Do you know the sex? I wanted my first to be a surprise. The old-fashioned way, I like that, Vanessa nodded approvingly. Where's your, uh, boyfriend? Her eyes flickered down to Mary's ringless finger. He's flying in early tomorrow morning. Mary lied easily while diverting her eyes from the Italian woman's gaze to that of her son. I got in today, ran into Joey here, in the city by pure chance and spent the day with him. And we decided to bum a ride home with these two. Joey nodded at Ryan and Natalie, the former of who was staring wistfully into the dining room at the table stacked with food. Stopped drooling. I'm sorry, Ryan whined, I'm just, I'm famished. You hear that, Ma? He's famished, Joey reiterated. So are you done with the third degree? Can we eat now, please? Of course, of course. Vanessa finally conceded. Come on, let's go fix your plates. Wait, Joey said. Give me your coats first. I'll hang them up. Natalie and Ryan unceremoniously threw their snow-covered coats at him before following Vanessa into the dining room, leaving Joey and Mary alone in the foyer, in which point the former moved closer to the latter. Here, let me... Thanks. Thanks. "'Mary said, as Joey helped her out of her light blue jacket. "'After removing her scarf and gloves as well, "'she placed them gently atop the pile of coats "'in Joey's arms with a contented sigh. "'How are you feeling?' she asked him "'as he moved toward a closet besides the front doors "'and began to hang up the coats one by one. "'Are you nervous?' "'Are you?' Joey asked. "'It'll be fine,' Mary assured him, "'though Joey wasn't quite sure "'whether or not she was trying to reassure him or herself.' Then as she watched the man shrug off his own coat to hang it up with all the others, she began, look, Joey, about what Nat said um, in the car. let's, Let's not do this right now, Joey swiftly interrupted, taking her by surprise as he whipped around to face her after closing the closet door. I mean, yes, we should probably talk at some point, but let's worry about unburdening ourselves with our parents first, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. Mary replied, crestfallen. Sensing her disappointment, Joey opened his mouth, unsure of what to say in order to reassure her, when he noticed a smirk unfold across her face. "What's so funny. It's just, um, mistletoe. Mary pointed her index finger up at the low-hanging ceiling above their head, upon which a string of the holiday plant was affixed. Glancing upward, Joey felt his heart skip a beat as butterflies swarmed within his stomach. Feeling his face burn red, he glanced back down at Mary, who was biting down on her lower lip expectantly as she eyed him closely. Was her pointed observation about the mistletoe confirmation that she was experiencing the same feelings towards him that he felt toward her? She sure did look as though she wanted to kiss him at that moment. But before Joey could make a move or say anything, however, Vanessa's voice ruined the moment. Hurry up, you two. Come say hi to everyone. Joey exhaled a long, defeated breath that he hadn't realized he'd been holding as he turned to glance at his mother staring at him pointedly from the dining room before she turned back to talk to his grandmother, her 90-year-old mother, who was sitting at the head of the dining room table, holding court with one of her sister-in-laws, two of her sons, and one of her granddaughters. Turning back to look down at Mary, he noticed that her smile widened before she grazed his fingers for the briefest moments with her own winked playfully at him and strolled away into the dining room to greet everyone and make herself a plate of food joey remained standing where he stood for a few seconds staring after her and mulling over the moment they had just shared together before walking into the dining room himself it took nearly half an hour to make his way around the magnificent ground floor of his parents enormous house decked to the hilt with garland lights snowmen angels trees santas nutcrackers winter villages and other such christmas fair Joey moved from the foyer into the kitchen room, through the kitchen, and into the den, all of which were packed with close friends and family members of the Nazario, laughing merrily as they drank and ate. Along the way, Joey was met with hard pats on the back, multiple bone-crushing hugs, kisses, and pinches of the cheek, and other such greetings from every single person. And he did his best to fend off questions about where Liliana was, as Mary feigned politeness when questioned about her pregnancy maintaining the lie that she had asked her parents not to tell anybody. It wasn't until they reached the wet bar at the far end of the den that Joey ran into the members of his family he was closest with besides his mother, his father Salvatore, and his younger sister Isabella, who cradled her one-year-old baby boy Carmine in her arms. When his father, whom Joey himself was a spitting image of, from the long nose to the thinning hair to the pouch belly, noticed him for the first time he widened his eyes and exclaimed joey placing his signature drink of stolio and Club down on the bar he walked out from behind it and threw his arms around his son it's great to see you you too dad joey replied a lot more of you than we expected isabella noted taking in his appearance stopped uh, going to the gym did we joey rolled his eyes it's great to see you too bella He swooped in low and pecked his sister on the cheek she proffered to him, before turning his attention to his nephew. Look how big Carmine's gotten. He ruffled the baby boy's hair as Mary raised an eyebrow behind him. Could your family be any more Italian? She asked rhetorically, drawing the attention of both Salvatore and Isabella to her for the first time. She was taken aback by how similar the father and son looked to one another, apart from their minor differences, such as the fact that the older man wore glasses, had slightly less hair, and a face that was more lined than Joey's. Isabella, however, looked exactly like a younger version of her mother, with her dark hair pulled into a messy twist atop her head and a face caked in makeup that, while not entirely able to hide the dark bags beneath her eyes, only accentuated her exotic beauty. Upon noticing her, the eyes of both Salvatore and Isabella widened in shock. Mary! The former made to engulf her in a bear hug, similar to the one he had bestowed upon his son. But before he could, Joey quickly stepped in between the two of them. Careful, Dad, he warned. Can't you see she's pregnant? It's kind of hard to miss, Bella conceded with an awkward smile as Mary moved instinctively towards the baby in her arms. He's adorable, Mary breathed, gently taking one of Carmine's tiny hands in her own as the baby boy stared curiously up at her. Your accent's adorable, Bella pointed out, studying the woman's face closely. Though you don't exactly sound like Keira Knightley. That's because she's from a different part of England, Mary replied absentmindedly, unable to rip her eyes away from the baby. She's from the South. I live up in the North. Completely different accents. Yeah, well, then noticing that Mary was still focused on her son, Bella smirked. Luckily, He's inherited his mother's looks and not his father's. Do you want to hold him? Do you mind? Mary asked eagerly. Be my guest, Bella shrugged. I want to get more food anyway. Joey watched as his sister gently handed her baby boy over to his childhood friend. There you go, she smiled. Mommy will be right back, sweetie. She rubbed Carmine's head before hurrying away in the direction of the kitchen. Inside of which, Joey could hear Ryan and Natalie politely conversing with his Aunt Gretchen, who was so drunk, he was surprised she was still on her feet and coherent. Mary stared down at the baby as she cradled him gently, smiling down at his inquisitive face. Inside of her, her own baby kicked in a persistent manner, and she couldn't believe that at any time now she'd be holding it in her arms. Instantly feeling emotion threatened to overcome her, she was grateful when Joey snapped her back from her thoughts by gently noting, "'It's a good look on you, Mare.' Mary glanced up from Carmine, smiling when she met Joey's bright eyes. "'You think so?' she asked breathlessly. "'Definitely.' "'It really is,' Salvatore spoke up, bringing the two friends back to their senses and reminding them they weren't alone." wait until I see your parents later, keeping your pregnancy a secret from us. Honestly, I'm surprised either of them managed to keep it to themselves for so long. Your father's never been known for being able to keep his mouth shut. Uh, you're um, going to see my parents later? Mary asked, trying to sound nonchalant, despite the sinking feeling that she was experiencing in the pit of her stomach. "'Of course,' Sal exclaimed, as though Mary had asked a silly question. "'They promised us they'd stop by the party tonight with your brothers, "'their wives, the grandkids, you know, the whole family.' "'Great,' Mary let out a nervous laugh, "'her eyes flashing with panic as she met Joey's glance. "'Before he could say anything to soothe her nerves, "'however, Joey's father clapped his hands together loudly. "'All right, drinks, I'd offer you one,' he began, "'addressing Mary in an almost apologetic manner. "'But something tells me that would be in poor taste.' "'Oh, you have no idea how much I'd love a drink right now,' Mary replied. "'But I'll take water, thanks.' "'What about you, son?' Salvatore asked as he ducked down behind the bar before emerging a second later with a bottle of water in hand. "'Placing it down on the counter in front of Mary,' he asked. "'Beer? Wine? Scotch? Vodka?' "'A glass of Pinot Grigio would be great,' Joey replied. Salvatore nodded before ducking down behind the bar again. As he rummaged around behind it, he asked, "Where's slowly. I haven't seen her yet.' Actually, Dad, Joey began hesitantly, I um, wanted to talk to you about that. Oh, Salvatore strained up, placing the bottle of wine in his hands on the bar's countertop before reaching above to grab his son a clean glass. Yeah, Joey nodded, watching as his dad poured his drink. As Mary glanced at him, surprised by the fact that he planned on broaching the subject so soon with his parents, he took a deep breath. You see, there they are. Vanessa's voice rang out behind him. And both Joey and Mary turned to see the woman carrying two loaded plates of food in her hands as she led Ryan and Natalie out of the kitchen, each of them carrying their own enormous plates. Immediately, Joey noticed that Ryan had two stuffed artichokes piled on top of his and smirked to himself at the sight. I was fixing you two food when you walked out. We had a lot of people to say hi to, Mom, Joey pointed out, gripping his glass of wine tightly as his father walked out from behind the bar to hug Ryan and be introduced to Natalie. Yes, well, Vanessa placed the two plates of food she was carrying on the bar. Let me take my grandson. She turned towards Mary. That way you can eat. Besides, I think Bella's going to need to feed him soon. Thanks, Mary replied gratefully as she gently held Carmine out for Vanessa to take, smiling at the way he cooed up at his grandmother. What can I get you two to drink? Sal asked Ryan and Natalie as he made his way behind the bar again. "Um, A blue moon would be great if you have one, Ryan replied. How about you, Natalie? Salvatore asked as he pulled up a bottle of the Belgian beer out of the freezer tucked behind the bar. Um, I'll take a glass of Merlot, please, Natalie replied. Turning to look at her, Joey noticed how stiff and uncomfortable his old high school classmate appeared to be, surrounded by a bunch of people she didn't know. Salvatore reached up to pull another wine glass down from the rack above him before reaching out for a bottle of the red wine and beginning to pour it for the woman whom instructed him. A little more, a little more, a little more you know what just fill it up to the top that's it there you go salvatore laughed my kind of girl as he handed the fold to the brim glass carefully to natalie he watched in amusement as she downed half of it in one gulp ryan too looked impressed as he took a swig of beer without taking his eyes off of her delicious natalie noted salvatore nodded before turning to stare at joey now uh what was it you wanted to tell me "'Oh, Sal!' Vanessa tore her eyes away from Carmine. "'I nearly forgot. Gretchen needs to talk to you in the kitchen.' "'Is she drunk again?' Sal rolled his eyes before explaining to Joey's friends. "'She's always drunk.' "'Never noticed,' Ryan laughed uncomfortably. "'Well, you four enjoy your little impromptu high school reunion,' whatever the hell prompted it. "'Then, addressing Joey,' Sal added, "'We'll talk in a bit, okay?' "'When his son nodded, he followed his wife dutifully back in the kitchen.' The moment they were out of earshot, Joey let his shoulders slump with a sigh of relief. I can't believe you were going to break the news to him this early, Mary exclaimed. I figured i better get it over with, Joey explained. At least get him liquored up a bit more first, Mary shrugged, and she stared longingly at the glass of wine in Joey's hand. But that's just me. She grabbed her water and a plate of food from the bar and wobbled over to one of the leather couches positioned in front of the den's eight foot Christmas tree, its multicolored lights glowing brightly in the dim light beside a fireplace that housed a crackling fire, which was heating up the entire room. As Joey, Ryan, and Natalie followed suit, Joey couldn't help but eye the tree with fondness. His mother always decorated it with the childhood ornaments that he and Bella had collected growing up homemade ones. From school, Disney ones they'd bought at Hallmark, etc. Though there were far more grandiose and elegant trees in his parent's house, this one was probably Joey's favorite, due to all the memories it contained within its branches. Disappointed to find that Natalie had already grabbed a seat on the couch beside Mary, who was balancing her plate of food on her large stomach, Joey sat beside Ryan, who was enthusiastically shoving food in his mouth. Mmm, he groaned ecstatically. Delicious! "'Chew before swallowing, you animal!' Natalie stared at him in disgust before conceding to Joey. "'I can see why you won't, though. Your mom's cooking is amazing!' "'It always has been,' Mary replied absentmindedly, as she stared at the Christmas tree in front of them, preoccupied with her own thoughts. "'Then why haven't you touched yours?' Natalie asked. "'You have to eat something, Mary. You're eating for two. Don't forget!' "'I know,' Mary insisted. "'I know. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm trying to think of exactly what to say to my parents.' She glanced over at Joey, who was shoveling a forkful of penny and vodka into his mouth. What time do you think they'll be coming over? They're coming over here? Natalie asked. Quoting to Sal. I thought you said you were just going to let your stomach do the talking, Ryan said through a mouthful of mashed potatoes. Just wait for him to ask questions. I mean, he laughed. Unless you're talking to them over the phone or through a closed door, they're going to see you're pregnant before you even have a chance to tell them anyway. He has a point. Joey admitted as Mary bit down on her lower lip. What if, what if we just told our parents together? Mary asked wildly. What if all four of them are together? There won't be as much yelling. Natalie snorted derisively. Clearly you didn't grow up in a Latina family because that shit wouldn't matter in my house. It wouldn't fly in an Italian household either, Joey replied. There could be 100 people in this room if my parents were gonna get mad they're gonna get mad regardless of who's around to witness it mary natalie placed a reassuring hand on her friend's knee maybe you should go over to your parents house now to tell them spare yourself the embarrassment of causing a fight in front of all joey's family and friends i'll come with you ryan can stay here with joey while he breaks his own news to his parents before mary or joey could debate the merits of the plan ryan laughed you two realize you're adults, right? Like almost thirty. What are you so afraid of? I mean fighting with your parents sucks, but big deal. They can't ground you. It's your lives. You do what you want with them. Have some tact, you idiot, Natalie snapped, rolling her eyes. Your best friend won't be able to afford his own apartment in L.A. without a job, so he's going to need his parents' help for a little while. And my best friend is about to be a single mother living an ocean away from her family and would like some emotional support and acceptance from her own parents. Isn't it obvious why they're worried about starting huge fights? Haven't you ever worried about disappointing your own parents? God knows I have. Ryan, cowed by the words of his former lover, looked down embarrassed. Sorry, he mumbled to Joey and Mary. I didn't. I didn't mean. Trust me, I know. Joey waved aside his apology. How long have we been friends for? I'm used to you talking out of your ass. Ryan smirked at the words. Maybe Nat's right, though, Mayor. Maybe you should head over to your parents right now with Natalie to talk to them in private while I... But I want you there, Mary stressed. Joey and Mary locked eyes across the stone coffee table in between them, and the former saw the uncertainty and panic in the dazzling green orbs of the latter. He could tell how much it meant to her, and how genuine she was being, so with deep breath he nodded. Okay, then. I'll go with you. He stood up rapidly. What are you, what are you doing? Ryan asked, surprised. Well, I, I should probably talk to my parents before I go next door with Mary, and before any of the other three could say anything more, he marched out of the den and into the crowded kitchen. As Joey ducked his Uncle John and dodged his cousin Jasmine. Both of whom tried to catch his ear in an attempt to catch up with them. He tried to mentally steel himself for the fight he knew he was about to instigate with his parents. Both his mother and father were old school in the sense that they believed no able legal adult should ever be without gainful employment. They believed if someone lost a job, they should find one the very next day, regardless of how much the world had changed since they were young or how bad the economy was. On top of that, His parents came from a generation that believed marriage was forever. Divorce just wasn't an option in their eyes. And even though he and Liliana had only been engaged and hadn't officially tied the knot yet, Joey knew that in the eyes of his parents, the commitment had already been made and should be honored. Spotting his parents at the far end of the kitchen, standing in front of the window that overlooked the front lawn, and offered a clear glimpse of the snow still coming down heavily from above, Joey saw that they were talking to Isabella and her husband, Elliot, a good looking man with bulging arm muscles, extremely white teeth, overly tanned skin and slick backed hair that made him look like a reject from the Jersey shore. As Isabella gently rocked Carmine in her hands, Joey took a deep breath and marched over to them, his mind racing. Ideally he would have liked to have broken his bad news to his parents gently, but he knew he only had a limited amount of time before Mary's own family would be crossing their driveway and knocking on the front door. And since he felt it was best if Mary talked to her parents in the privacy of their own home, and it was important to the woman that he was there for her, that meant he had to rush things with his own parents. As he ducked his drunken aunt Gretchen, a voice in Joey's head asked, why do you care so much about making Mary happy? Why are you doing this for her? In response, he pushed the thought to the back of his mind. He couldn't answer why it was so important to make his former best friend happy. If he could, he clearly didn't want to admit it to himself, so there was no point obsessing over a question that was trying to distract him from his mission at hand, especially when, deep down, he already knew the answer. "'Hey, buddy!' Elliot exclaimed, flashing a dazzling smile at Joey as he came to stop beside the four adults and the baby. Slapping him hard on the back and welcome, he asked, "'How are things?' And then, noticing the look on his brother-in-law's face, his expression drooped somewhat. Uh, "'Is everything okay?' what's wrong with your face Uh huh then realizing that his inner conflict must have been written all over his face joey shook his head and forced a smile onto it nothing turning to his parents who were staring at him in concern he said i need to talk to you then noticing carmine staring lovingly up at his sister's face he asked can you take that baby back first though why he may help you restrain yourselves Sal and Vanessa exchanged a confused glance as Bella held her son closer to his chest. You're not using my son as a human shield, Joey. Joey shrugged. It was worth a shot. Joey, what's wrong? Vanessa asked. You're scaring us. I'm fine, Joey stressed. Then, thinking about it for a moment, he added, well, I'm not dying at least. Well, Salvatore prompted, what is it? Joey opened his mouth to confess everything to his parents when he became keenly aware of all of his other relatives mingling around the kitchen within earshot, some watching the immediate family's little powwow, curiously. Can we speak in private? Oh no, a wide smile unfurled from his sister's face in a way that was reminiscent of the iconic image from 1966's animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. You're not leaving me out of this conversation, Joseph. Bella, if you screwed up, I want to hear how, she replied, her eyes twinkling mischievously. Joey rolled his eyes. Whatever you say, Isabella. Elliot stared between the two siblings. Uh, I'm confused. Are Bella and I allowed to listen or enough? Salvatore rolled his eyes. Just let's go in the formal living room. He craned his neck to peer out of the kitchen, through the dining room and foyer, and into the room in question. I don't think there's anybody in there right now. Joey followed his parents toward the formal living room, clutching his glass of wine tightly, annoyed by the fact that he heard his sister and her husband following behind them. When they reached their destination, they came to a stop between the baby grand piano, atop of which a gorgeous Christmas village was set up, and the 10-foot Christmas tree positioned in the bay window beside the glowing leg lamp. A small smirk formed on Joey's face as he stared at the tree, and more fond memories of his childhood came rushing back to him. It was the tree under which His family opened gifts every Christmas morning. It had been in his family for three generations, originally belonging to Vanessa's grandparents. Despite its age, the artificial fur still looked brand new and Joey hoped to inherit it for himself one day. Joey, what's going on? Vanessa asked sharply. Turning from the tree, Joey saw his four immediate family members looking at him expectantly, concern written on the faces of his parents, while suspicion played on Bella's. Elliot, meanwhile, who was now holding Carmine to allow his wife to place her hands on her hips in a condescending manner, looked confused by the proceedings. Just tell us, Sal prompted in a gentle yet firm manner. Joey opened his mouth, unsure of exactly how to phrase his news, when a voice from directly behind him saved him from having to say anything. There you are, turning, Joey found Mary, Ryan, and Natalie standing there, the latter two looking extremely uncomfortable as Mary took a step forward with a wide smile on her face. Meeting Joey's eyes, she said pointedly, Don't tell me you're about to give your mother a gift without me. No, Joey stuttered, unsure of what exactly the pregnant woman was playing at. Salvatore and Vanessa exchanged a confused look as Mary stepped closer to the tree and attempted to bend down to search through the gifts piled around it, keeping one hand on her lower back to steady herself as she did so. Then, throwing a dirty glance at Joey over her shoulder, she snapped. Little help, please? Oh, right. Joey shook his head as the woman rolled her eyes, annoyed, and straightened up. Sorry. Diving beneath the tree, he dug around in one of Mary's shopping bags before emerging with Vanessa's gift, which had been wrapped in Christmas paper that was covered in cartoon reindeer. Here you go. Joey straightened up as he shoved the gift into his surprised mother's outstretched hands. Merry Christmas. I have something else for you under the tree just from me, but this one is from me and Mary. And us too, Ryan spoke loudly from where he stood beside Natalie. As one, Joey and Mary turned to look at the redheaded man in disbelief. What, he asked through gritted teeth. We didn't get him anything and I just didn't wanna come across as rude. Natalie rolled her eyes as Joey and Mary turned back to face Vanessa once more, shaking their heads in exasperation. As the older Italian woman fumbled with the paper wrapped around her gift, Salvatore sternly asked his son yet again, Joey, what did you want to tell us? Oh, Sal, look, what a great picture. Vanessa smiled as the wrapping paper fell to the floor, revealing a framed photo within it. Shoving it under her husband's nose so he could take a look at the posed picture of their son and his childhood best friend with Santa, she asked, you got this done today? Joey gave a curt nod as Mary explained with a shrug. When we ran into each other, we figured we'd take a picture with Santa for old time's sake, since you and my mom used to make us do it together every year growing up. Vanessa smiled at the memory as she grabbed the picture back from her husband. I love it, and I still have all those pictures too, you know? She added, waving at the end table at the far end of the room, upon which Joey could see multiple picture frames positioned haphazardly. I put them out every year. It's nice to finally have a new one. Turning, she walked over to place the picture in question besides all of the others as Salvatore glanced at Ryan and Natalie, smirking sarcastically. That's from the two of you as well, huh? Ryan blushed at the words, and Natalie smacked the back of his head forcefully. Hey! Nice going, jackass. Weren't you paying attention earlier in the car when we were wrapping the gifts? It was a little too busy keeping the car from crashing in the snow, Ryan replied defensively. Besides, you heard Joey earlier. I have a bad habit of talking out of my ass. Natalie scoffed. I didn't need Joey to tell me that. I remember what you were like back in high school perfectly. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah? Ryan asked excitedly, staring hopefully down at the girl beside him. Noticing the way he looked at her, Natalie rolled her eyes. In your dreams. Bella cleared her throat loudly at the moment, drawing everybody's attention to her. While the picture is lovely, she began clearly frustrated. Let's get back to the point at hand, shall we? What did you want to tell us? She turned to her brother as Vanessa rejoined them, and Elliot, cradling Carmine in his arms, wandered over to the end table where all of the pictures of Mary and Joey throughout the years were positioned. Joey turned to Mary for some help, but the woman merely patted him reassuringly on the back and muttered under her breath, This is all you, chump. Glancing out of the bay window at the snow falling from the sky, which was being illuminated by all the lights strung in the house, Joey knew it was now or never. Taking a deep breath, he began, Mom, Dad, I... Dude, was Lil okay with you getting a picture taken with Santa with another woman instead of her? Elliot asked with a laugh from where he was squatting down, studying the photo in question and struggling to keep Carmine from grabbing it roughly. Joey felt his stomach constrict tightly at the words as he felt the seven pairs of eyes in the immediate vicinity bore down onto him. Uh... I don't think Lil will care very much, he admitted softly, before finally blurting out, we broke up yesterday afternoon. To drive the point home, he pulled Liliana's engagement ring from his pocket and held it up for everyone to see. He held his breath as his parents stared in shock at the diamond ring, which sparkled brightly as the glowing lights of the Christmas tree bounced off of it. Even Isabella, for once in her life, seemed at a loss for words. Behind him, Mary had visibly tensed up, waiting for the onslaught as Ryan and Natalie Bull stared down at the wooden floor of the foyer, as though it were the most interesting thing they had ever seen. Elliot, meanwhile, had straightened up with mouth agape in horror. "'Oh, dude, I swear I was, I was joking. If I had known—' Joey held up a hand to stop his brother-in-law from saying another word. "'Don't.' He let out a humorous laugh. "'Just don't. It's—you know, it's fine.' These words seemed to shake Vanessa from her own internal, horrified thoughts. Oh, Joseph. And much to her son's surprise, she rushed forward to throw her arms around his neck consolingly. I'm so sorry. Why did not you tell us sooner? Sal asked, his voice uncharacteristically soft and understanding, as he met the eyes of his child over his wife's shoulder. "I, I thought it would be better to tell you in person, Joey admitted disentangling himself from his mother and sparing a glance at his friends, all three of whom looked just as surprised by this turn of events as he felt. What happened? Vanessa asked weakly, placing both of her hands on her son's shoulders and staring deep into his eyes, searching for something. Does it matter? Bella asked as she gently took her baby boy back from Elliot and tickled him beneath the chin. Lily was such a bitch. No offense, she added, apologetic shrug in her shoulder's direction. I have to admit, Joey began with a laugh after taking a large sip from the glass of wine that he was still nursing. You're all taking it much better than I thought you would. You're telling me, Mary quipped under her breath. Vanessa and Sal exchanged a confused look before the latter asked, What's that supposed to mean? It's just, you know, Joey awkwardly shuffled his feet. I figured you'd be more upset. Of course we're upset, Sal insisted. She's been like family to us, but we're more concerned about you. Is this why you brought all your friends home for the first time in years? Vanessa stared past her son at Mary, Ryan, and Natalie, all three of whom immediately diverted their gazes once again. You thought we'd be angry with you? In fairness, it's the first time I've been home for Christmas in years. Trust me, Ryan piped up. You know me, I'm here every Christmas Eve that Joey's in town. He lets out a nervous laugh that faded quickly under the withering stares of his best friend's parents. Do you have an off button? Natalie hissed out of the corners of her mouth, staring up at Ryan reproachfully. Do you really think so little of us that we get angry with you over the fact that your engagement didn't work out? Vanessa asked, clearly hurt. Who broke it off? Elliot asked curiously. But she broke up with you, right? Obviously she did. Bella rolled her eyes. Like I said before, she is a giant bit. Bella? Vanessa and Salvatore snapped at her at the same time, both of them throwing her identical looks of warning. Now is not the time, Vanessa quietly added. Oh, come on, Bella laughed as she turned to her brother for support. Help me out here. She broke up with you, right? Blushing, Joey took another sip of wine. She did. I knew it, Bella beamed, high-fiving her husband who looked at her proudly. Thanks for being so glib about it all, Joey muttered darkly. But listen, there's something you don't understand. She, don't make excuses for her, Bella talked across her brother as she stared at him sympathetically for the first time all evening. You can do so much better than her. Unbelievable. Joey threw up his hands in disbelief as he turned to face his friends. I've been engaged for over a year and dated her for two years before that, and I'm only just finding out that my entire family hated my fiance. Well, Ryan began uncertainly, immediately earning himself an elbow in the side of Natalie. Oh, okay, okay, y'all, shut up. Why did she end think, son? Sal asked. What happened? Joey, who was still facing away from his parents, met Mary's gaze with wide eyes. You've got this, she insisted quietly, flashing him a small smile. There's no turning back now. Just get it over with. Joey stared deep into the woman's bright green eyes for a moment and immediately felt a sense of calm flow through his body. Nodding in resignation, he turned to face his family again. But before he could get another word out, the doorbell rang loudly and the cheerful notes of jingle bells began to echo through the enormous house. Saved by the bell, Ryan winked at Joey as Natalie and Mary exchanged a horrified glance. But it wasn't until Vanessa had her hands on the double front doors ready to throw them open that Joey registered why Mary looked so panicked. Mom, wait, but it was too late. Vanessa had already opened the front doors of her home and was now smiling at the figures shivering in the snow on the front step, whom Joey couldn't quite yet see from where he stood. Irene, Ethan, we've been waiting for you. Crap, Mary muttered as she hurried to take a few steps backwards so she stood shoulder to shoulder with Joey. I'm sorry, he stared down at her apologetically. Molly shrugged, you tried. As Salvatore brushed past them to meet their new guests, Mary watched as her brothers, Doug, Grant, and Malcolm, followed her parents into the house, trailed by their wives, Wendy, Deidre, and Carolyn, who were shepherding their tiny nephews and nieces, Lenny, Neil, Brad, Julia, and Samantha, inside and out of the snow. Observing the scene unfolding in front of him, Joey glanced from Mary to her mother, who looked incredibly alike, and felt himself tense up when Irene noticed, Natalie, the woman blinked in surprise. What are you doing here? "'It's good to see you, Mrs. H,' Natalie hugged Irene awkwardly. "'I love what you've done with your hair. "'The Ellen DeGeneres look really suits you.'" Over the woman's shoulder, she threw Mary a look that conveyed a very clear panic question. "'What do I do?' "'Let me look at you,' Irene held Natalie at arm's length, "'and she stared up and down with her wide brown eyes. "'Then, noticing Ryan standing awkwardly behind her, she asked, "'Is this your husband?' Yes, Ryan sidled up beside Natalie, throwing an arm around her shoulders and pulling her close. Ryan O'Connor, it's nice to meet you. He stuck out a hand, which Irene shook with a polite smile. No, Natalie threw him a dirty look as she ducked out from underneath his arm. He's just a friend, an old friend. From high school, Ryan clarified for a confused-looking Irene as Natalie moved to greet Mary's brothers individually. What the hell are you doing here nat grant asked with a laugh as he hugged her tight at the question mary slowly backed farther into the formal living room so that its darkness would eclipse her a bit more as she positioned herself behind bella and elliot the former asked what's wrong with you nothing mary mumbled crouching ever so slightly down just don't move Salvatore, meanwhile, was crouched down as well, so that he was eye level with Mary's five nieces and nephews. Are you guys excited for Santa visit tonight? After receiving some shy words of affirmation, along with nods of the head, Sal smiled, doing his best to meet at least one of the five pairs of diverted eyes. Well, I'm sure you've all been good and will be very pleasantly surprised by what he leaves under the tree for you tonight. Then pushing himself to his feet, he ruffled the heads of Lenny and Neil, "'I can't go over how tall you all got. "'Pretty soon you'll be crouching down talking to me.' "'Brad laughed at the joke "'as Julia and Samantha smiled proudly. "'Then, turning to Ethan, "'Sal clapped a hand hard on his shoulder. "'You know, I gotta hand it to you, Ethan. "'You sure as hell know how to keep a secret.' "'Doug snorted at the statement. "'I think you might be the first person "'ever to say that to him.' "'Ethan threw his oldest and exasperated glance "'before turning back to Salvatore, "'rubbing his bald head in confusion.' What are you you talking about? You didn't tell us about Mary. Mary? What about Aunt Mary? Mary let out a frustrated sigh in response to little Neil noticing her. Forcing a smile onto her face, she stepped out from behind Bella and Elliot and into the glowing lights of the Christmas tree, opening her arms wide, exposing her pregnancy bump for all to see in the process. Come here, kiddos. Oh, my God, Carolyn's mouth dropped open at the sight as beside her, Mary's other sister-in-law, Deidre's eyes widened in surprise. Meanwhile, Lenny, Neil, Brad, Julia and Samantha rushed over to Mary with whoops of glee and laughter, nearly causing the woman to topple over with the force of the hugs they were bestowing upon her. Over their shoulders, Mary could see the horrified expressions on the faces of her parents as her brothers stared at her in shock doing her best to ignore them. Mary exclaimed, you kids got so big. You got fat, Julia giggled, which elicited incessant giggling from the other children. You talk funny, Samantha noted. Touché, Mary winked at her niece before standing up straight again. Did you get us anything for Christmas? Brad asked hopefully, holding out his hands. Did I get you anything for Christmas? Mary placed her hands on her hips and stared down at her nieces and nephews in mock annoyance. Doing her best to ignore the protracted silence that had settled over all the adults watching them. What kind of aunt would I be if I didn't get you anything for Christmas? I don't know if Santa would want me to give you your gifts tonight, though. After making the children plead and beg for a few more moments, Mary laughed. Okay, okay. Turning to Joey, who appeared to be holding his breath, unsure of what to do, she jerked her head at her shopping bags under the tree. Do you mind? Right, sure. Joey quickly bent down to retrieve the five gifts he had helped Mary pick out for her siblings' kids earlier in the day at FAO Shorts. An electric train for Lenny, a remote control car for Neil, a remote control plane for Brad, a Barbie doll for Julia, and a raggedy Ann for Samantha. All five gifts were wrapped in paper that had Santa's face and snowmen plastered all over it. Though the kids didn't seem to appreciate the design all that much, for when Joey finished distributing the gifts, they quickly sat down by the tree and began tearing the paper apart like animals. Reaching back into the shopping bags, Joey pulled out an identical gift, right down to the reindeer wrapping paper that he had given to his mother a few minutes prior. Taking it from him, Mary flashed him a smile before walking over to her parents, who had yet to say a word since they laid eyes on her. "'Merry Christmas,' she held out the gift to Irene to take. "'There's something else for you under the tree, too. "'You too, Dad.' "'Then, glancing at her brothers and their wives, she added, "'You guys, too. "'You know, in case you don't want your children to have all the fun.' "'Mary,' Irene breathed as she absentmindedly took the gift from her daughter with shaking hands. "'What? Look at you!' "'She ran a hand through her short gray hair. "'You look great, Carolyn.' Her blonde hair pulled back into a ponytail rushed forward to marry gently. You're positively glowing. It's a good look on you, Deidre. Her curvy redheaded sister-in-law insisted, as she too swept forward to hug her and give her a peck on the cheek. How how did this happen? Irene asked breathlessly. Mary rolled her eyes. Well, you see, Mother, when a man and a woman... I'm sorry, Vanessa interrupted politely as she turned to face her next-door neighbor. But are you telling me you didn't know your daughter was pregnant? No, Ethan replied stiffly. We had no idea. We are, of course, happy to hear the news, though. Doug, Mary's oldest brother, who was always the diplomatic voice of reason, insisted as he moved forward to hug his sister. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Behind Joey, Bella let out a loud bark of laughter that she instantly stifled the moment that he threw her a dirty look. Mary, meanwhile, bit down on her lower lip and placed her hands gently on her stomach as her baby kicked, ignoring the accusatory look she was receiving from her parents as Grant and Malcolm moved forward to hug her and offer their congratulations as well. Open your gift, mom, she began. I don't think this package will be delivered in time for Christmas, so you'll have to settle for that one now. Irene fumbled with the wrapping paper, refusing to take her eyes off her daughter's stomach. When did you get into town? Last night, Mary confessed as she nervously rolled up and down on the balls of her feet. And you didn't tell us you were coming in early? Ethan asked, clearly hurt by this revelation. We weren't expecting you until later. I I had some thinking to do. Mary interrupted her father, as her strained smile came dangerously close to wilting. I am here now, though. Clearly, Malcolm replied with a mischievous smirk. It's kind of hard to miss you, Grant added, which elicited more laughter from Bella, who had to practically stuff a fist into her mouth to stifle the sound. Staring down at the still-wrapped gift in Irene's hands, Mary asked impatiently, Do you need help with that? I've got it. Irene snapped, annoyed, as her grandchildren ran up to her, waving their new toys through the air. Grandma! Grandma, look what Aunt Mary got us! It's nice, dears, Irene replied absentmindedly, without so much as a glance at the toys. The words made whatever tiny bit of hope that Mary had been holding on to that her conversation with her parents would go well, evaporate instantly. And perhaps Doug sensed it, for he chose at that moment to wrap his arm around Carolyn's shoulders and say loudly... Kids, why don't you go put your gifts under the tree and we'll go get some food, okay? And then we can play with them. How's the sound? Yeah, you know what? Bella glanced at Elliot. We should probably go fix Carmine a bottle. Elliot, who was very visibly uncomfortable with the scene unfolding in front of him, quickly agreed. And the two followed Mary's siblings, sister-in-law, nieces, and nephews from the foyer and into the dining room. Carmine cooing in Bella's arms the entire time. This left Joey and Mary alone with their parents, Ryan and Natalie, the latter two having been so quiet that their friends had nearly forgotten they were present. After exchanging an uncomfortable look with Ryan, Natalie asked quietly, should we give you two guys some privacy? No, Joey and Mary answered in unison, both more forcefully than they had intended to be. Okay then, Natalie sighed before glancing around the foyer and spotting the small bench that stood in between the spiral staircase and a door leading into the den, nearly tucked away behind the enormous Christmas tree looming tall over all of them. Grabbing Ryan by the hand, taking the man by surprise, she led him over to it, muttering under her breath, my mother's gonna kill me if I am not home soon. Finally, the wrapping paper fell away from Irene's gift to reveal an identical framed picture the one that Joey had bequeathed upon Vanessa. She and Ethan stared down at it for a moment with blank expressions, and as Mary waited for their fuses to blow, she stepped close to Joey and allowed her fingers to graze against his comfortingly. Well, she prompted, do you like it? It's very nice. Gee, Mom, Mary rolled her eyes. That's some thank you. I thought you'd like it since you and uh, uh, Miss Nazario used to make us- Take a picture of Santa Claus together, every year, growing up. Joey awkwardly raised a hand in greeting. It's nice to see you both. Likewise, Irene replied stiffly, as Ethan nodded curtly, his eyes narrowing at the sight of him. I get it, Mary, Irene continued, as she stared between the two childhood friends. When did you take it? This morning, Mary answered. We spent the day together. You were with our daughter all day, Ethan rounded on Joey, and you didn't think to tell us she was in the city, alone and pregnant? With all due respect, Joey began meekly, I didn't think it was my place to— I didn't even think you two were in touch anymore, Irene cut across Joey, becoming more confused by the second. How— Did you get my daughter pregnant, Ethan demanded, taking Joey by surprise. Dad! Mary exclaimed, mortified. Oh, wait, man, what are you doing? Is that why Lily broke up with you? Sal demanded as Vanessa blanched at the words, backing up to lean against the wall in order to support herself. You cheated on her with Mary? No, Mary quickly said before Joey could dispute the claim. It's nothing like that. Trust me, we haven't slept together. She glanced at Joey, panicked. We only just ran into each other this morning. And then who's the father? Irene demanded wildly, tears brimming in her eyes. Just wait a minute, Irene. Vanessa held up a hand before her next door neighbor could ask anything else. We were kind of in the middle of an important discussion of our own before your family showed up, you know. She gestured between herself, her husband, and her son before turning to Joey. Why did Liliana end your engagement? Joey and Mary exchanged a weary look as all four pairs of their parents' eyes rested on their children, impatiently waiting for answers. Do you want to... Oh, please, off to you, Mary motioned at their parents with an exaggerated gesture of false sarcastic graciousness. So with a deep breath, Joey stared his parents in the eyes and confessed. Lily broke up with me because she got a promotion. She was made partner at the talent agency she works for. She did? Vanessa asked. That's great news. Why would she... I don't... I mean, I don't understand why that would prompt her to... What? She... doesn't she think she's too good for you now? Sal asked. Joey closed his eyes as he shook his head fervently. No, he insisted. No, nothing like that. Then after reconsidering for a moment, he amended, well, yes, but not for the reason you think. Look, he took a deep shuddering breath. Lil broke up with me because she's been supporting me for half a year and understandably didn't wanna keep doing it with all of her new income flowing in. He shrugged, unfocusing his eyes so as not to see the expressions of mingled shock, anger and disappointment on his parents' faces. I guess she'd rather spend it on other things, things she deserved to spend it on because she works damn hard, like travel. And why exactly has she been supporting you for half a year, Vanessa asked. Because I got fired six months ago and I still haven't managed to find a job, Joey explained. Not even a part-time minimum wage one. Not that I've tried to get one of those, he admitted. Salvatore's face grew red as his body began to visibly shake. Do you realize how irresponsible that is, he demanded, apoplectic. What, part-time isn't good enough for you? No wonder she left you. "'When were you planning on telling us?' Vanessa asked, more hurt than anything. "'I was waiting to tell you in person,' Joey replied, as his stomach constricted sickeningly. "'How are you going to support yourself now "'that you're on your own and jobless?' Sal asked, "'as he rubbed his temple soothingly. "'Did you ever consider that was a possibility "'once in the past half a year? "'Do you even have a savings account?' "'Mary watched as Joey stared down at his feet, "'embarrassed and ashamed.' which made her heartbreak for the man. She moved forward, unsure of what she could say to comfort him or calm his parents down. Unfortunately for her, her own parents, who had been conversing amongst themselves in low hisses the moment Vanessa and Sal began to grill Joey, spared her from having to come up with something to say. Rounding on his daughter, Ethan demanded, "'If Joey's not the father, who is?' "'Do you remember Luke?' Mary asked. Ethan glanced at his wife, who shrugged in response to the unfamiliar name. "'Right. I suppose you wouldn't. You've never met him. And I've never mentioned him.' She let out a small sigh. "'No,' Irene replied, shaking her head from side to side. With anger or grief, Mary wasn't sure. "'You didn't.' "'It must have slipped my mind,' Mary tried to joke, glancing over her shoulder at Ryan and Natalie, who had both dutifully remained silent but were at the moment shaking their heads furiously in an attempt to silently signal the woman to be serious. Well, anyway, he's a mate in Newcastle. We've been dating for a while and well, her baby kicked hard inside of her again, almost as though urging her to get on with it. It was an accident. She finished lamely. Dating for a while, Irene repeated. How long is a while? Does it matter? Ethan demanded exasperately before asking his daughter. Where the hell is this guy? I want to meet him. Mary hesitated as she glanced sideways at Joey, silently pleading for help. When he stared back helplessly, she mumbled quietly. We broke up. What? Last night, Mary elaborated, her heart nervously pounding in her chest. After we got into New York, he said he, um... She gulped as tears began to quickly form in her eyes as the memory of the night before came rushing back to her. He said he wasn't ready to be a father. Immediately, Irene's shoulders slumped and voice became sympathetic. Oh, Mary, my baby girl. She moved forward swiftly and placed both hands on either side of her daughter's face. Are you okay? Before Mary could answer, Ethan raged. So he dumped you when you're what, nine months pregnant? He rolled his eyes and scoffed in disbelief. You're sure not a pick'em, Mary. Ethan? Irene let go of her daughter to stare at her husband in disbelief. What, Ethan demanded, don't defend her. Do you realize how how fudged up this situation is? I do, of course I do, but Irene's voice trailed away when she noticed that the family and friends of the Nazarios, who were lingering in the dining room, were beginning to turn their attention to the fight that was getting louder by the second, occurring in the foyer of the entrance of the formal dining room. Perhaps we should talk about this later? Great idea, Mary agreed pointedly, but apparently her father didn't think so. "'Now what, you're using Joey as a rebound because you're afraid to be alone?' Ethan continued, as though he hadn't been interrupted, motioning wildly at the boy who had grown up next door. "'You haven't talked in years, Mary.' "'I know that,' Mary snapped, as tears began to spill freely down her face. "'That's not what this is, honestly.' She turned to Joey, in order to silently will him to believe her with his eyes. "'It's not.' "'Oh, would you drop the accent?' Ethan rolled his eyes. "'You're from New York, Mary. You're not British.' "'Hey!' Joey snapped offensively. She can't help that she picked it up while... Joey, you don't even have a job, Salvatore interrupted, a vein in his forehead throbbing angrily. Now you want to step in and be the hero for this girl next door, helping her support her child? Dad, that is not what I'm doing. Joey was angry now, concerned by how much Mary was shaking with grief, the stress of which he assumed couldn't be good for the baby. Intertwining his fingers with her own in an effort to silently calm her, he addressed the woman's parents... "'Look, your daughter's going through a rough time right now. "'The least you can do is be supportive of her.' "'Supportive?' Ethan demanded loudly "'as Irene tried to place a comforting hand on his arm. "'My daughter was the idiot who got herself into this mess.' "'Staring down at his sobbing daughter, he asked, "'How could you not have told us you were pregnant, Mary?' "'Because I was afraid of how you'd react,' Mary spat. "'And clearly I was right to be. Besides, I'm not 16 anymore. "'It's my prerogative to do what I want to do "'and to share what I want to share.' Ethan was purple in the face now. Before he could fly into a rage, however, Irene hissed, Honey, remember your blood pressure. A thick silence settled over the group after Irene's worried warning to her husband, and Joey was disheartened to see members of his extended family, in addition to family friends, begin to migrate to the foyer to see what all the fuss was about, while others merely peered in from the space's doorway. Why don't we all just cool down, Ryan suggested nervously from where he sat against the wall, observing the scene, speaking for the first time since Natalie dragged him over to the bench. It's Christmas. No. Mary closed her eyes tight, still sobbing as she shook her head wildly from side to side. No. You know what? I'm out of here. I shouldn't have come home. Mary, Irene began, but her daughter paid her no mind as she marched to the closet and pulled her coat from within it. Merry Christmas. Mary addressed her parents derisively as she struggled to pull on her coat. Thanks for your hospitality. She added apologetically to Vanessa and Salvatore before wrenching open the front doors of the house and marching into the snowstorm beyond, slamming them shut behind her. Joey winced at the sound as Natalie immediately sprang to her feet behind him. Before she could get past him, however, he managed to sidestep her. What are you doing? She demanded. I've got this, okay? Just trust Natalie hesitated for a moment before giving a curt nod and taking a step backward. Joey turned to Ryan, who had pushed himself to his feet, ready for somebody to tell him what to do. Can I borrow your car? He asked his friend. Without hesitation, Ryan reached into the pocket of his jeans, pulled out his car keys, and threw them at Joey, who caught him easily. Thanks. Where are you going? How are we supposed to get home? Natalie asked. Uber, Joey shrugged as he pulled his coat from the closet. Ignoring the panicked glance, he witnessed his mother throwing his father out of the corner of his eyes and opened the front doors of the house once again. As the cold wind blew into the drafty foyer, he turned back to stare at his and Mary's shell-shocked parents. You four should be ashamed of yourselves. Joey, Vanessa began as Salvatore stared down at his feet. Just wait, we can... Merry Christmas. And without another word, he stormed out of the house into the night beyond slamming the door shut behind him. Squinting through the heavily falling snow, which the wind whipped wildly around him, he spotted the pregnant woman hobbling across the lawn. Mary, Mary, wait up. Mary stopped in her tracks and turned to face Joey, who was heartbroken to see the tears were still rolling down her blotchy cheeks. Mary, are you, are you okay? What do you think? She sniffed loudly before wrapping her arms around Joey's warm frame and resting her head on his chest. Let's just get out of here. Where do you want to go? I still have a hotel room in the city, Mary suggested. Let's go back there and freshen up. Then maybe we can finish all the cheesy, touristy New York Christmas activities we didn't get a chance to do during the day. Maybe you should just rest once we get back to the plaza, Joey hesitantly suggested. You've been on your feet all day and, Joey, Mary interrupted gently as she stared at him with desperate eyes. I don't want to rest. I just... I don't want to think about anything anymore tonight, alright? Joey considered her for a moment before nodding sympathetically. Alright, whenever you want. Let's go.
1: Thanks for that, Julia. Once again, you've proven exactly why you're everybody's favorite and you're known as the one with the best voice i am continuously blown away by the talent of our guests who have agreed to help me bring my little story to life and my own co-hosts as i am continuously blown away by all of you listeners for eagerly taking this year-long journey with us and strapping in for the long haul to see where these characters and this plot goes the catch-22 situation is the closer we get to christmas the closer we get to the end of this book to quote dr strange we are nearing the end game now as you could probably tell from this chapter anyway i appreciate each and every one of you more than you know and have received some wonderful comments and feedback from all of y'all so please keep all of that coming and please if you're enjoying the story consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds while tagging streaming services like netflix hulu hallmark because you never know i think this would make a great movie or miniseries it reads like one i wrote it with that in mind so who knows what could happen if it fell in front of the right pair of eyes or the right pair of ears and that's ultimately my ultimate goal to get it in front of as many ears as possible or as many eyes because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well so if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing they can read our weekly installments at www.tisapodcast.com and if you enjoy Tissa podcast proper if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss give us feedback on a specific episode comment on this book or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general check out our social media feeds all you have to do to get to each one is go to slash facebook twitter instagram reddit or facebook group our facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages it's always busy year-round and not just with christmas chatter although that is obviously our primary focus there's plenty of talk about pop culture movies tv shows comic books memes and other holidays as well especially those other burr month holidays we all know and love like halloween and thanksgiving which are fast approaching and which lead up to the most wonderful day of the year itself the facebook group has also kind of become a one-stop shop for many of the other christmas podcasts you know and love on the christmas podcast network so not only will you find new episodes of tis a podcast there and get to interact with julia tom and myself there but you'll also find new episodes of behind the bells the christmas podcast podcast season's eatings totally rad christmas christmas clatter tgi podcast a cozy christmas podcast advent calendar house podcast christmas conversations planning for christmas all of your favorites posted there as well and find all the hosts of said shows you know and love on the website too always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything it's truly become a mini christmas family that's formed within that facebook group and it is the thing that julia tom and myself are most proud of that has sprouted up from the show and speaking of the show if you want more bonus episodes christmas cards enamel pins ringtones etc check out our patreon page at www.patreon.com slash tizapodcast or www.tizapodcast.com slash patreon for as little as one dollar a month you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show now that we are officially in spooky season within the burr months you will be getting an episode each and every week on patreon this past week we actually dropped a hocus pocus live watch commentary which is extra fun and extra special because jerry d was one of the many co-hosts of that episode and it was his first time seeing the movie if you can believe that what did he think of it having had no nostalgia for the story of the sanders and sisters tune in to find out and once we get past october you'll have plenty of thanksgiving and christmas content on there as well so if you're not a patron yet now is the time to consider joining if you were a patron who's dropped off now is the time to consider rejoining there's plenty of stuff up there so much so it's almost become like a separate show running parallel to tiza podcast at this point there's something for everyone so check it out All the money we receive from y'all gets recycled back into Tissa Podcast and helps us put out new swag and improve the quality of the show in general. And I can confirm, Tom is currently working on designing new swag. So keep your eyes out on our social media feeds for more information on that as we have it and as we release it. But there are other free ways to help the podcast as well besides subscribing to patreon and engaging with us on and sharing our social media pages you can help us in a free way by leaving us a review on itunes reviews are really important because every new review helps new listeners to find us and helps us to spread the christmas cheer 365 days per year now coming up on the main show this upcoming monday september 20th we will be dropping our episode when we discuss the 8th episode of the first season of the 2015 musical comedy series Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the one Christmas episode they did, entitled My Mom, Greg's Mom, and Josh's Sweet Dance Moves. And this upcoming Tuesday, September 21st, we will be recording our episode on the 2016 film Once Upon a Sesame Street Christmas, which will drop in your feeds on Monday, September 27th. Before that, however, on Thursday, September 23rd, you'll get to hear chapter 34 of another Christmas story, entitled The Little Drummer Boy, which the unofficial fourth elf of Tissa podcast, Mr. Jerry D. of Totally Rad Christmas, will be reading to you. So keep your eyes on your podcast feeds, because there's lots of great stuff coming up, lots of exciting stuff coming up, but that's not the most exciting news we have for you today. To reveal that, I'm going to kick it back over to Julia.
2: Hey, I always want to be the bearer of good news, so just wanted to let you know, only a hundred days until Christmas. Can you believe that? It'll be here before we know it. Bye, everybody
1: thanks julia how exciting is that it's almost kind of scary because there's so little time left and i have not really started my christmas shopping or planning in earnest this year is flying before you know it we'll officially be in spooky month the official spooky month not the preamble spooky month which many of us group with spooky month anyway it's all downhill from here is the point i'm trying to make so buckle in and enjoy every second of the ride because christmas will be here before you know it and in the blink of an eye we'll be counting down to christmas 2022 once again thank you all for your love and support we couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you you're truly the best and we are so lucky we get to consider you all legitimate friends and so many of you family make sure to do your homework watch crazy ex-girlfriend and once upon sesame street christmas and we shall speak to you again next week bye y'all i'll
0: be home for christmas you can plan On me, please have snow and mistletoe and presents by the tree. Christmas Eve will find me Where the love light green I'll be home for Christmas Only in my dream, I'll be home for Christmas. can plan on me, please have snow, and mistletoe, and presents by the tree. Oh